Alright, alright, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sexy human beings and faithful listeners of all ages and backgrounds, thank you for joining us again. It is the Julian and GK podcast, Dating vs. Marriage, part two. I am GK, aka, I guess, the villain. And please say, <laughs> see, say hello to everybody's new sweetheart, Julian. Yeah, see, like I, I told you, every podcast needs a heel. You're the heel. Heel is wrestling term, by the way. But like uh, GK, after the last podcast, he's kind of been labeled the bad guy of this, and I'm, I'm uh, like the sweetheart of it. I, I'll take it. I like being a baby face. It's not so bad. See, see, is that why you're married? Because like you can't. Because now you, you can't say anything wrong. Everybody loves everything you say. I'm the controversial one. All of a sudden, I'm just kicking facts and and and, and keeping it a hundred, like I always do. I didn't say anything that was inaccurate. I just yeah. Anything that was factually wrong, you know what I mean? Even people, yeah, even people who know me were like, um, so that's how you feel? Yeah, didn't I tell you that in the moment? Yeah. Well, I guess it's too late now. I will say I definitely got some bonus points with the misses because mm-hmm. of it. And a lot of uh, my friends were like, wow, Julian, you're, you're a great guy. Like, you know, after listening to it. And I was like, and I, I was soaking it all up. I was like, thanks. Like, you know, so I, I definitely like this newfound role. Of not, now I see why, like, you know, uh, people like to be the good guy for, for so long. I like to be the bad guy sometimes, but this good guy thing isn't so bad. Yeah, long story short, he got more followers. And <laughs> I've got deceptively less followers. Unless you want to count the spam and the bots. Because apparently I've increased in those. I don't yeah. know how. I don't know what that algorithm is. But, uh, yeah, so, all right. We're going to hit you a little differently. We're going to be a little more a little more organized yeah. this time. So we have five topics, specific topics that we're going to hit you with. Before we get there, thank you so much for listening. Tell them where we're at again, in oh. case you haven't. So if you're not following us, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, Julian and GK. Julian is J-U-L-I-A-N. You know how to spell and. And then GK. Um, and then you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at JulesXMW, J-U-L-E-S-X-M-W. Where can they find you, GK? At uh, GK Williams NYC and the podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the podcast with Julian and GK. That's a, that's what oh the podcast the actual podcast that you're listening to right now right find us on Anchor find us on iTunes find us on Spotify find us on um, I don't know there's like four other ones I can't think of right now but I'll throw it in the link so you can click on it and it'll make it make it nice and easy for you and I've gotten feedback from people from here mm-hmm. from. I went to Seder yesterday. Yeah, my mom's husband's Jewish. Yeah, and you was you was rocking that. Um, yeah, man. Yarmulke, son, you was rocking it good. Look, man. Like I said, when you give up liquor for Lent, mm-hmm. and you do a Seder, and part of the Seder is that you have to drink that Manischewitz. <laughs> that Manischewitz be hitting, man. You're like, yo, and and it'll make you do things that you never thought you would do. So yeah, I'm now a big fan of Kafilka fish. So now, Chris Tucker, you ain't alone, bro. Just slam it. <laughs> And, yeah, so my mom's husband's sister is listening to the podcast, so we made it all the way to Jersey. And I know people in Australia and New Zealand mm-hmm. who've listened to it with feedback. Yeah. yeah. I've heard from San Francisco. I've heard from Europe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've heard everywhere except Wakanda. So we still have, so we still have, you know, we still have ways to go. Exactly. Once we get to Wakanda, <laughs> that's it. That's it, bro. We in there, baby. Yeah, once we get to parts unknown. Yeah. All right. And before we get there, quick recap from episode one. Because I put some polls up, which I never do. <laughs> so I posed a couple questions. Like, for example, how important is good sex 
and deciding if your mate's the real deal or not. Mm-hmm. And got a lot of feedback. 81% said, yes, it is very important. Yeah, that's right? not surprising. Right. Yeah. I also asked the question, dating apps, more helpful or more frustrating? Again, 81% said it was more frustrating. And do you believe in the idea of soulmates or the one? And that one was a little more split. That one was 63-37. Okay. Yeah. And there are people out there who believe that good sex is not important, (laughs) apps are helpful, and they don't believe in soulmates. (laughs) Those people exist. It it has now been confirmed. That's what makes this life so interesting. Everyone has a different opinion about things. And what I didn't get a chance to add in there before we get to these new topics is I didn't know I looked the way I looked after. I'm not advocating being out in these streets all willy-nilly, all right? What I'm advocating I didn't get a chance to articulate properly was use the apps don't let the apps use you. Mm-hmm. And let me add this little thing of advice here. And I can tell this from personal experience. So when I was first on the apps heavy, because I had never seen anything like this before. Like I just couldn't believe that there were these many women out there who existed that I could actually talk to. And they actually want to talk to me back. So pretty much every girl who gave me a second look or said hi to me, I was going out with. Because I was just so flattered at just at the notion that they wanted to meet me. And then the nice guy thing comes in, and then I got to make it worth their while, mm-hmm. and then I got to pour some pain for everything and all that stuff. Even for girls where there's no connection. Yeah. Because at the very least, you're not going to go back to your homegirls like, you know, I mean, you could say, yeah, he's wagged, like, damn, his forehead is huge, or whatever it is. <laughs> but at least they'll all say, no, he was nice. He was a good dude, and there were no pauses in conversation, right? So mm-hmm. I-, I can live with that. Yeah. My mom and I can live with that. So, <laughs> but I was going out with everybody. And then I would just, I just had no energy for anything else. I'm talking about like the most I did, I went on, I went on five dates in one day. Oh, wow. And my day didn't start that way. Yeah. But that was the most I ever did. Yeah. And, and then you start getting those judgmental emails from your bank <laughs> talking about, um, are you sure you spent this much money at this spot again? I'm like, yeah, thanks Chase for money. But I guess because the women that I usually meet from apps historically, when you ask the unavoidable question, so why are you on the app or what brought you to this app? They mostly say the same thing. I'm really busy. I don't like wasting time. And I don't go out. I don't have time to go out like that. Yeah. Which makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. So I guess the only advice that I feel like I have any right in saying that I have some sort of expertise on, because I definitely Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour the hell out of this, (laughs) is use the apps. Don't let the apps use you. So if the apps get to a point where it becomes a time suck and it's dimming your light and it's draining your energy, then that's, that's the sign to fall back and pull back on something. Because when you meet people and you enjoy it, then that just brings you up. That lifts you up. And I can only imagine you women, you know, y'all are sexy, y'all are attractive. So you're going to have all these dudes and all these options, solicited or not, wanted or not, warranted or not. So in other words, or you're aware enough to catch it. Yeah. If you feel that it's overwhelming and you feel some type of way that you're being pulled in so many different directions by people who you don't even know, yeah. then yeah, then don't be on them or take breaks or whatever it is. Yeah. All right? So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying everybody should be out there in the streets. So yeah. yeah. So again, use the apps. Don't let them use you. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Unless you're on Grinder, Like I said, I, I live a weird life. So, so I was hanging out with these gay dudes recently. They're nice to me for whatever reason. Yeah, we do live in New York. Yeah, I don't know what the reason is, but you know, yeah. you know, they're cool. Like, if you want, if you want people who keep it hundred with you all the time. Yeah, talk to some gay dudes. Yes, they will always be real with you. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Whether you like it or not. All right. 
So we've already covered this well, that this whole dating thing, even the marriage thing, it's very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking gay dudes, they do not miss. It is just nothing but hits. They are, their slugging percentage is super high. Whether it's in person, have you ever been to a gay bar? You cannot strike out in a gay bar. Because it's dudes on dudes. Literally, you're just standing there, yeah. minding your business, uh, chilling with your gay friend, and you will literally have tons of guys just come up to you and offer you something. And you're just minding your business. You don't even have to try. Dog, it's the irresistible force in the immovable object. <laughs> like, like it's just, it's just wow. But one of these dudes showed me their grinder profile. Grinder is the most efficient app I have ever seen. All right. First of all, they don't even have names. It's just okay. This is how many horny dudes are in your area, in your radius, right? Mm-hmm. You don't even have to match. You just push a random dude's profile, and I literally saw the conversation. The whole conversations were. Hey, you up? Hey, you horny? Yeah, you a T or a B? <laughs> Top or bottom? Yeah. And then you type, you know, your letter. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, you got any, uh, you got any, uh, got any pics? Like, yeah, here's mine. Hey, you got any pics? Yeah, here's mine. All right, how soon can you be here? Wow. And then they just show up at your door. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Then, then I asked these two. One of them was 19 years old from South America. Mm-hmm. He goes to college, doesn't make any money, yet he somehow is moving in with this dude who's damn near 40, and he comes from a family that's so wealthy, like his dad bought his stepmom a private 15-seat plane wealthy, <laughs> but didn't buy him the apartment. He still pays rent. Um, so he's moving in with this dude. They sleep in the same bed. They, they check each other's grinders, but they're not a couple. <laughs> And they go to weddings together, but they met on Grindr. Wow. And, and, and the 19-year-old, he's the top, mm-hmm. right? And I did not ask for this part, but he was scrolling through all these butt pics. And he was pretty much telling me dudes that he liked and didn't like based on their butts. <laughs> and I didn't know. And I don't know why I was expecting, like, pictorial butt pics. I don't know why I was so shocked to see dudes, like, gags in their mouth spread eagle on... <laughs> On a bed butt pic. Like, once you see things, you can't unsee them. You can't unsee it. Right. So, like, yeah. So, I'm not gay. So, 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 those pics, so, those pics weren't doing it for me. Yeah. Right? So, it's that efficient. Yeah. But they have a similar problem that when you have so many options, it's harder to connect. Yeah. Right? They even said, when I asked, okay, so are there any apps that help you find love? If you're looking for that, they said, yeah, Tinder. I'm like, Tinder is your love app? Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> Tinder is the hookup act for straight people. Right. For, for, but for gay people, exactly. that's the love line. Right. And as superficial as they are, especially in New York. Yeah. Because as they told me to my face, because let me also add that these people were little, they were shirtless with no body fat the whole time. And <laughs> and I just met them. Like, I wasn't, like, it was, it was not, it was not, I'm leaving out a lot of context here. I was invited there. <laughs> I was invited there by a female I know. All right. <laughs> And then I walked in on those two on the couch and a third gay dude at the end of the couch fully dressed. And then when I walked in, I knew I walked in on something I should have walked in on because that fully dressed dude wasted no time leaving. Like, okay, I'm not, this is not how I want my night to go. And then he went to a gay bar and probably had a much better night. Yeah. But unless you're completely ripped mm-hmm. and these dudes, they're not athletic, but they have no body fat yeah. because that's what New York has forced them to do. Yeah. Or unless you're rich. Yeah. Right? Like, those are the dudes who just can't strike out at all, no matter what. Yeah. Right? But where they have it so good is if we, if we, as straight men, yep. live the lives that they live, mm-hmm. 
we're going to be called boys. Yeah. But they get to be free and live that life with no consequence. And women cheer them on. Yeah. But if we do it, we're bad people. Well, yeah. It's true. Because we're bad people if we do it because we're dealing with women. And women, in, uh, like not to stereotype, but they tend to be more emotional. They tend to, not all women, because I know some women who uh, have no problem just using men for their bodies and, and moving on. But like uh, in general, women like to have that type of connection with a person. They want to know that it's building to something. So even if they just have a purely sexual relationship with you, they want to know that maybe that sexual relationship will turn into something where you guys are dating and you're official and maybe like marriage, kids, and, and the whole nine down the line. Whereas with men, and like gay men in particular, it's pretty much just like, you are hot, I want to have sex with you until I'm tired of having sex with you, then I'm going to find someone else to have sex with until I'm ready to settle down. So that's why their whole thing is a lot easier than it would be for straight men. And straight men get labeled with the uh, boy title when we just want to bounce from woman to woman because women feel like we're playing with their emotions. Because the truth of it is that a lot of straight men will say and do things to women and make them promises and stuff with no intention of fulfilling that promise. But they're just saying what the woman wants to hear so that they can get them draws. Right. And this is where I got so much flack from the last podcast when I said women have the power. They have that power that we don't have. See, there's a difference between a woman that she could just decide that she's getting some. Mm -hmm. But when it happens to a dude, there's a reason why for us it's called getting lucky. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have that power. Like, <laughs> why am I a bad guy for acknowledging that? Well, I think you were labeled the bad guy because you kind of uh, made it seem like when women are promiscuous, that is just like, it's like abnormal because, and when men are, it's, it's natural. And I think where the offense came in was that, when, like I said in the last po podcast, women are just as horny as us. It's just that they get labeled with the title of, oh, she, she's a hoe, she's a this or whatever, if she likes to sleep around. Whereas with men, if you sleep around a lot, uh, to other men, oh, you the man, you like, you know, whatever. And even to like, uh, like women, unless you directly deal with that woman relationship, if you're just friends with them, they go, oh, that's, you know, like you know just whatever he, he gets around and they think it's cute but where if a woman does that they're they're given these like horrible names and misnomers just because they like to have sex with different people so it's a thing where like i said there's women who are going to want to like you know sleep around because they they like sex and they don't have any intention of settling down so whatever but it just seems like uh, women get to that point where they're ready to settle down uh, faster than some men are. Because there's men out there, like, you know, uh, that, and, and I, I know you've probably known them, GK, because I definitely know them that were, like, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and they still want to sleep around. And it's like, dude, when are you trying to settle down? Like, I think that women at some point, like, get to the point where they're like, okay, this sex has been fun, but now I want to, like, kind of establish uh, a life with somebody and just settle down. Whereas there's some men out there that will gladly live the bachelor life forever and just, like, sleep around as long as they can. Right, but what is the bachelor life, though? See, see okay, like, all right. For example, um, so one question that I know never to ask and uh, that I never want answered mm -hmm. is how many people have you been with? Yeah. What's your body count? Yeah. Um, let me tell you from personal experience, nobody wins <laughs> yes. if you answer that question, no matter what your answer is. Yep. All right? I'll flip it for you, right? I remember I was, I, I, I was dating this older girl, right? I met her at a bar in New York, 
and then and then okay, this is gonna lead to something tonight. And then she was like, Nah, I'm I'm sharing a hotel room with like nine other girls. I'm like, Okay, that's fun. Yeah. And then okay, well let me just get your number anyway, so I feel like I won. Yeah. So I, so it feels like a W. Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, you're gonna text me when I fly home, right? I'm like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm already thinking which website to go to when I get back home. And and, and then she texted me when she got back saying, oh, just so you know, I got back. Okay, thanks. And like, I don't know. I thought it was cute. Yeah. Right? And then next thing you know, we just started talking on the phone for hours, right? Yeah. And then she started asking me that question. And then I fell for the trap. Don't worry. I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. <laughs> right? So, so I told her my number. You know, I just finished playing ball in college. Yeah. So, you know, when I went to college, my number was zero. Yeah. And my number was still zero after I went to a strip club for my 18th birthday. And, and Jade from New Zealand with her body glitter took me for all my money. And my, and my credit card, which my mom only gave me for emergencies. And then the guy was like, my friend, don't worry. When we run the card, it's not going to say, it's not going to say, it's not going to say vagina strip club. It's not going to say that. Don't worry, my friend, you'll be fine. So he runs the car and I see the receipt. It says vagina restaurant. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, my mom's not going to fall for that. <laughs> right. So anyway, so I left college really feeling myself. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay, I could, I could say with my chest what my number is. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, she was like, oh, okay. That's not as much as I thought. I'm like. <laughs> What? Why would you say that? And then she told me her number. Yo, her number dominated my number. I mean, yeah, she was older than me. But then she was telling me all these stories about how the football team would climb the fire escape, be like six of them. In the, I'm like, okay. All right. Um, yeah, I thought I wanted to know, but I didn't. And then on the yeah. flip side, I remember during college, right, my, my reputation had, had pretty much preceded me, right? Yeah. All right, I was talking to talk before I could walk the walk, right? Uh-huh. But when it came time to walk the walk, you know, I, I was walking. I was stepping. <laughs> but, you know, I got better. It became more of a power walk later. Yeah. So this one girl came up to me just based on my rep alone, right? Mm-hmm. And she was so curious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could you blame her? I mean, come on. I was, you know what I mean? Come on. My hair was growing out. I was using pomade and Love Potion 9 at the same time. Is this uh, like the era of Froger? Exactly, oh. man. With the headband and do-rag, oh, even though I had no waves. <laughs> she Yo, Yeah, man. I was, man, I was curly Neil, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was sweet Georgia Brown in my room every day. So, um... Whatever that means. Shout out to the Globetrotters. But, um, but so we in the single bed. I think she's on the top bunk. So you know I was flexible. <laughs> you know I had it back then. Top bunk. You know, top bunk GK was a whole different animal. But um, right before I can get started, she was like, so tell me, how many women have you been with? How many women have gotten this? I'm like, and I was really confident because my number wasn't zero. Yeah. So I thought as long as it wasn't zero, yeah. I was good. Yeah. But I told them my real number, and my real number at the time was three. Yeah. I've never turned off a girl so fast in my life. <laughs> Yo, she got, she got dressed and then told me I had to leave. <laughs> Kicked me off the top bunk. So needless to say, never ask and never answer how many women or dudes have you been with. Never reveal your body count. No. Yep. No yeah. number will help you. Exactly. All right? Okay, but that's not one of the issues here. So, one of our topics here that we want to go into is it's something that I personally struggle with. I'm going to let Julian take the floor on this because, all right. So, in your opinion, when choosing a partner, Mm -hmm. a lifelong partner, what is more important? The strength and depth of your connection Mm -hmm. or the strength and depth of how many things your partner checks off your checklist? 
Well, per, so person versus on paper. Gotcha. Okay, so I think this is like this is a very good topic um, for us to, to talk about because, like, um, I, personally, I'll give you my personal thought first. Personally, I feel connection is what matters the most. I feel like a lot of people kind of like box themselves in because of the checklist, and they're missing out on opportunities of a real connection because they keep having this uh, checklist that their, uh, you know, future potential mate needs to have in order for them to even talk to them. And I feel like by doing that, you're limiting yourself to the possibilities of love. And I think that the connection has to be there. Because I think, like, I mean, I, I would lucky you with, with Jen. Like, with Jen, we had, um, like, you know, a beautiful wife, Jen. We had the connection, but then as we had the connection, we, we realized that we checked a lot of things off of each other's checklist. Because we both, um, like, you know, wanted someone that's funny. Because neither one of us take ourselves seriously. We like to be goofy, and we like to joke, and we like to make fun of ourselves. So we couldn't be with somebody that's just, like, way too serious. And we needed somebody, like, you know, we need to have, like... Uh, someone who liked to have fun and like to do things, didn't just want to like sit around and smoke. Because at the time we knew each other, a lot of people we know just wanted to like sit around and like smoke or whatever. And that was like, or like hang out on the block or whatever. And that never appealed to either one of us. Like we like to do things. We wanted to like go to museums and like go to Broadway shows or whatever. And it's like, what like, you know, uh, 19, 20 year old dude from the Bronx like wanted to go to Broadway shows back then. So when she found me and was like, wait, you like going to Broadway shows? I was like, yeah. And like, and I didn't, and I didn't want to admit to her that at first. Cause I was like, oh, well that's just immediately going to turn her off. And I was like, yeah, I love Broadway. But she was like, what? You like Broadway shows? I do too. And then we would like one of our uh, first dates when we were established, we were going to go see Rent because I'd seen Rent. She hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, well, let me go take you to see Rent. And she loved it. And then like every year for our anniversary, we made sure we went to go see a Broadway play. So, but that's just like one thing. So we had a lot of things on the checklist, but the, before we even got to the checklist, before we even knew that we checked each other off, it's like, as soon as I met her, the connection was too strong. Even when we were just friends, even before, it was like, because I felt like she was someone I could talk to and feel comfortable and be the real me around. Because too many times, especially at that time, I felt like you, I had to put on a certain type of facade for certain girls. Like, girls at that time, because it got to remember, this is the days of, like, like DMX, Rough Riders, like whatever. Girls, like, they wanted, like, a dude that was, like, kind of, like, mildly thugged out. Like, even if they, they wanted, like, an educated, thugged out brother. They wanted, like, a, the best of both worlds. They wanted a dude that was, like, gonna, like going to get his, like, degree and going to get a good job, but also, like, could, like, beat somebody down if need be. Like, they wanted that balance. And if anyone meets me for, for, like, more than 10 minutes, you know, I don't have a thug bone in my body. I like to watch wrestling. I like to play video games. I I'm not about the street life. I'm not about that at all. So a lot of times there were girls who would be turned off by that, like during the age, because they would like how I look. They would like, you know, that I'm in college and like, you know, all, the, all that. But they wouldn't like how, like, you know, shy and like kind of like, you know, not that type of person I was. But with Jen, she got it. She immediately got it. And that's what and that's where the connection was strong because we got each other. And um, so I say all that, uh, preface that, that that's my personal preference because I have a lot of friends and like I'll I'll try to tell them like I'll, I'll have friends that don't want to do the dating apps and I'll be like oh you should give the dating apps a try since you're not like doing it or I'll say like oh you know um, there's somebody that I know that I think you'll like and then immediately they start like listing something like well does he or she have this do they have this do they have that and I'm like damn just just meet them first like before you start going down the list of trying to like kind of gauge where you think the person is based on your checklist why don't you meet them and see if you even have a connection with them and it's like I get 
get it. Like one of my friends explained to me, she's like, the reason I have a checklist is because I don't want to waste their time and I don't want to waste my time. I know what I want. So I don't want to just like like meet with some guy and he doesn't even have half the qualities I want and it's just wasting our time. But my rebuttal to that was, well, why would you why wouldn't you wait to see if the connection was there? Because even though they might not have it, like sometimes I think that the, the, the checklist can be kind of constraining because the person might wind up hitting everything on your checklist, but they're just not there yet. Like they might be like still figuring things out in life. You might want somebody that already has like their own place, their own car, their own like, you know, is already advancing like, you know, at a certain point in their career that they like to travel, that they like to do that. And you could meet somebody that's like never traveled anywhere outside of whatever city you're from. That's never like that's like kind of still, you know, whatever. but who's to say that in five years that person couldn't get there. Like a lot of times in a relationship, if you meet the right person, that person builds them up. And frequently I hear, oh, I don't want to build up no man. I don't want to build up no woman. I want to have someone that's already established. But you can't go in looking for someone that's already established and uh, and then and still complain about how you can't find anyone. Some people have the qualities you're looking for, but they might be missing a couple that you can help them guide, like guide them along with it. Not like you're babying them, but some people they need to have that incentive to to like you know get to that point point in life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like you know, to make a long story short. It's just I feel connection is more important than a checklist because I think a checklist just constrains you too much to your possibilities of love. I mean, yeah, all that's true. And ladies, men don't want to be scrubs. You know what I mean? Like, 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 yeah, men ideally would like to be financially straight too. Would like to yeah. be established too, ideally. Yes. It's a work in progress. Exactly. For a lot of us. So, all right. So, since you're married, see, like, I'm just gonna let him take the floor now. You know, I'm, it's just you know, it's just better that way. All right, so yeah, you're just gonna, you're pretty much just gonna spill the tea on the parameters of your relationship here because I can't I can't because I have no relationship to to spill any leaves of tea about. So next topic, what to you and Jen constitutes as cheating? Is it just physical or? Uh, no, so that's that's the thing. And me and Jen have actually had like a lot of discussions about this because like we'll like hear about you know. You know, friends that we've had that have, like, split up because of cheating or, like, you know, other people. And we kind of, like, will get into, like, many debates about what constitutes cheating. Like, me, I feel like cheating is, like, from, like, a purely physical standpoint. I feel like if you allow somebody to, like, you know, kiss you, hug you, like, you know, like, not, well, not hug, like, because hugs can be, like, friendly. But, like, just, like, you know, anything, like, you know, kissing, like, or anything beyond, I feel like that's what constitutes cheating. But in Jen's uh, point of, of mind, and something that she says to me frequently, is that she says that she doesn't, like, just worry about me cheating on her, like, physically, because, of course, she never wants that to happen. Nobody wants, like, their spouse or whatever to cheat on them physically. But she says she doesn't want me to cheat on her emotionally either. She doesn't want me seeking out another woman to, like, uh, have fun with. Like, because I think, oh, my wife's a stick in the mud. Like, I can't have fun with my wife anymore. Let me go hang out with this cool girl that even though I'm not going to have sex with her, and I don't, like... Like, and I, I still only physically want to be with my wife. I would rather be around this other woman rather than my wife. And I think that's what Jen, like, will be scared of sometimes. Like, anytime that I have, like, a new female friend or whatever, like, and I, I'm, like, I talk them up and I go, oh, this, this person's really cool. They're really funny or whatever. Like, one of her first things is, like, funnier than me? Like, like, did she make you laugh more than me, though? Like, you know, because it's like, it's like there's, there's a threatening aspect to it. And, like, there were times that, like, I couldn't, like, kind of understand 
understand it but then it's like there are times that like you know if she like will rave about like you know a certain person that she met and she'll be like oh yeah this guy's really funny and he's really like you know whatever I think that I get threatened more by like successful men if she's around a guy that's like really successful and really doing well I think that not that like I would think she would like ever like leave me or whatever but I feel like it just puts a shine on like maybe parts of my life where I haven't been successful and that kind of makes me be a little bit uh you know jealous or whatever and I think with her, it's more like she'll get jealous if she feels like I'm having a good time with another woman other than her. So I think that there are like different levels to, to, to cheating based on the person. But it's like that's something that you learn when you're in a relationship with someone. And like you have to more than anything, you have to do whatever your, your partner's comfortable with. When you commit to a relationship with somebody, you can't be out there doing things that don't make them comfortable. For example, like when Jen and I used to be together, like I would I would have the, the, the tendency to call like my female friends cutie. Like, hey cutie, like whatever. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, it was it was something stupid. I was young. Like uh and it was like cause like a lot of times like my female friends would like say like would call me handsome or would say like, you know, whatever. They would give me like nice little names. And it wasn't that they wanted to like hook up with me or whatever. They were just being sweet because like they know they like felt I was a nice guy and we got along well, so they would say like they would compliment me if I like put posted a picture or whatever and I go, Thanks, cutie, or something like that. And Jen hated that. <laughs> she hated it too like when I tell you like we would have like real long arguments about this like why the F are you calling this girl cutie I'm your only cutie like she, she would like really like get pissed off and at first I was like oh th- what what does it matter I'm like I said I don't look at them that way they're only my friend you know that you're the only one I'm with the only one I love why would you but and then I had to get it in my head it doesn't matter if I don't think that it makes any sense it doesn't matter if I think it's not a big deal I could see how it was affecting her so I stopped it immediately because I realized like my my actions even though they were harmless to her they weren't harmless to her it could constitute me thinking that another girl is like better looking than her or like you know whatever and that like fed into her like her, like her jealousy because we as human beings like even if like I, I don't consider myself a jealous person but even myself who and not really jealous. I do get jealous at times because there's times that no matter how you are, and you can tell yourself, I'm not a jealous person or whatever. If you see somebody that you you love and you care about and they're doing or like acting a certain way around somebody else that they normally act with you, it's going to make you feel jealous. It's going to make you feel like, well, why do they feel that comfortable with that person over me? So it was a thing that was a learning experience for me where I had to realize that it's not necessarily what I think, but if I'm doing something that makes her uncomfortable, then I need to stop it. Because at the end of the day, her happiness matters more to me than like uh, some like random girl who I'm who I'm friends with. Like I don't care if I hurt that girl's feelings like over my my like you know girlfriend at the time and now wife. Like their uh, her feelings matter more than anyone else's. Right. But here's the tricky part. We're quirky dudes, yeah. right? Like we acknowledge we acknowledge that we're different, right? So so yeah. we're 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 an acquired taste, probably. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to that. Like the yeah. obvious cons, yeah. Most most people are gonna look at us. They're gonna want to expect a certain thing, yeah. and we're gonna swerve them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they don't know what to do with that, or that just goes against what they think people who look like us should be. Yeah. But on the flip side, to like us. 
mm-hmm. is to really like us. Yeah. Like to to get us is to really get us. Yeah. Not be, I mean, speaking for me, not because like I'm that great or anything. I mean, like for example, college. Yeah, I did well in college because I played ball in college, <laughs> and it was college. Yeah. All right, yeah. and like yeah, my BDE was just real high. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, but whose BDE is not high when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21? Exactly. Right. And in college, like, right? That's, yeah, that's the time for that. Right. You know what I mean? Come on, Asher Roth will tell you, but. <laughs> You're one of those cats where, like, if, if people really, really know you, then, yeah, then, like, they dig you for real. Yeah. So there has to be, like, no, nah, I mean, not to, like, get in the biz, because clearly you <laughs> handle it. Yeah. But, all right, so so instead of asking when it happened, so, yeah, when it happens, yeah, yeah, what do you do? Uh, like, what specifically? When what happens? No, nah, when, when girls are feeling you and they, and, and, oh, and, and, oh, and, okay. and, and they let you know. Because I'm saying, like, you're not, you're not going to fake feel us. Yeah. That's just too much work. Yeah. Exactly. We're, just, we're just that weird. Well, I think, like, now that's become less of a problem because, like, I think that Jen and I are, like, so ingrained in each other's DNA that it's like, I don't even realize it, but I think I... Any potential, like, you know, uh, girls or whatever that might be interested in me are, like, shut down immediately. Not, like, because I do it, like, on purpose, like, maliciously, but, like, within, like, five meeting, five minutes of someone meeting me, I'm talking about Jen. Because Jen is just such an intricate part of my life. And, like, a lot of the funny stuff that I say and, like, do is stuff directly from Jen. I'll be like, oh, my wife said this funny thing the other day. Or my wife, my wife. It's like, I'm always talking about her. So because of that, it's like cut that down like significantly but back in the day like when jen and i first got together especially when i was in college when i was in college i was a hot thing all right and it's like and i joke like you know with people that i work with all the time or whatever and i say like you know i'm old i'm old huge goods now but in back in the day i was a hot bitch and that's just and it's the truth of the matter it was like back when i was in college like I, i was athletic i was tall i was like you know i had a lot of stuff going on for me so there were a lot of girls that would like come on to me all the time and I would tell them oh I have a girlfriend you know whatever and like and a lot of them were respectful and they were like oh okay you got a girlfriend whatever but there were some that were not respectful of that and it was pretty much like who cares <laughs> like mm-hmm. that you have a girl like uh like we could just do something it ain't it ain't like you know who has to know you know whatever basically letting it know like whatever but the thing is that like where some where a lot of dudes would fall for that like i think the thing that separates like me and like some other like other men and i think the reason why jen like you know really was uh, gravitate to me and attracted me is that i'm not an idiot it's like if if me like if I was to to mess around on Jen with some other girl um, and she's like oh it's going to be a secret or whatever no it's not because like eventually <laughs> you're like even if you have no use for me there's something in well let me not just say women there's something in in people in general that even if like they were to mess with me and they have no use for me they they don't even want a relationship with me but if they would see me around Jen or talking about Jen it was there's something inside their nature that I was like well you know. I messed with him too. You know, I took him from his girl. It's like, they're just something, it's like, they're not going to keep that a secret. And I was like, and something I established early on in my in my relationship with Jen was that there's nobody that is worth me losing her because this was a girl that for five years I was trying to convince her just to go on a date with me. We were friends, best friends for five years and constantly she would tell me about all these losers she was dating and like these guys that like just were like disappointing her and I was like, why won't you date me? And she was like, because you are my friend. I don't want to mess that up because I don't want us to date and then we break up and she was like, because if you ever like played me or cheated on me and she would say the same thing. She was like, I see how girls 
girls are around you. And she was like, I don't know if you could resist that temptation. And I don't want us to get together. And then you play me. And now I lost one of my best friends. And that was her fear. But then finally, I just kept wearing her down, wearing down. Come on, just go on a date with me. Just go on a date with me. And then finally, she said, okay. And then when we did, it was a, an amazing date. And then everything went from there. But one of the first things she said when I was like, are you going to be my girlfriend? Like I said, are we going to be for real? She said, yes. And she gave me a kiss. And then she looked me directly in my eyes. And she said, but if you can play me, I will murder you. And she said it with the straightest face possible because she was like, I gave you a chance. I'm giving you a chance after five years of telling you I'm scared to date you because I'm scared of you playing me. So if I'm opening my heart to you and you play me, I'm going to kill you. And she had, and she was fully serious. And I don't doubt that if, if like, you know, I did that she would. And the thing was that I was like, I'm not going to play her because she was everything. Like, and I, I knew that she was the one for me because of the personality. So I was like, and don't get me wrong. And like, you know, and I, I know I'm probably going to get punched in the arm for this when I see her later and when she hears this. But like, don't get me wrong. I'm a man. Of course I am tempted. I am a, I am a man. It's like I will see, uh, not to say like men, like, you know, women don't get tempted too. I know they do. But the thing is like, of course I see attractive women. Of course there have been attractive women that have come on to me. But the reason that it's not worth it is because Jen is like my best friend. And it's like, it goes beyond just like hurting your, your girlfriend or your wife or whatever. It goes like, do I really want to hurt my best friend? And then the answer to that is no. So it's like, I, I'm like, you know, th thanks for the offer, ma'am. You are very pretty, but I have to say no. And then I have to take my ass home and take a very cold shower <laughs> just to calm the hell down and then go because none of that is worth it. Because that's where it kind of gets uh, tricky with people because some people are able to realize the bigger picture that uh, this other person that is attractive and that like might be funny and might be cool. Like, yeah, the, the hookup might be great, but it's not going to be me like some people don't realize it's not worth losing the other person that you like dedicated your life to and my thing is that even though I see like you know I might be around other women that are awesome and that look good and whatever they're not my wife my wife is the best so it's like it's not worth me losing um, like a, a, a plate of filet mignon for a, 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 a good burger that I'm going to forget about in five minutes where I have the best steak that I've ever tasted in my life you know what I'm saying I mean I don't know. I, I, lo I love burgers, though. But, um... <laughs> all right, then let me ask you this, right? All right. All right, yeah. You can be attracted to multiple people. That, that's just human nature. Right? That's going to happen, right? Yeah. Because, like I said, monogamy is not natural. Get at me! <laughs> um, it's a choice, all right? Okay? It's a choice. But can you be in love? Can you have feelings, strong feelings, for more than one person at a time? Yeah. I think, I think you can, definitely. But I think the, like, as far as, like, love... Uh, like romantic love like back in the like before before Jen like when I was younger like and and, and uh, I won't get in trouble for this because I've told you this straight up I thought the idea of like marriage and all that I, I thought it was stupid I was like, why would you commit yourself to one person for the rest of your life? In a world of billions of people, where there's all these billions of interesting people and whatever that you can meet, why would you want to commit yourself to one person? But like with Jen, I got it. I and was, get the government involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And get the government involved like with your, your affairs. But with Jen, I got it. I was like... She's like so special that this is the only woman I, w I would want to be with. But I can definitely understand the concept of loving more than one person because there's a lot of people like, you know, that I love, like, you know, as far as like friends go and whatever, and that I want the best for them. But romantically, I only want like, you know, Jen. But that's that's me personally. Personally, I couldn't envision doing that. But when I hear stuff about like polygamous people and people who have more than one relationship, I don't fault them because at some point in life, that was me. 
Like the only reason it changed was because I, I found Jen. If And I tell Jen this all the time. I said, if I didn't find you, I would be out here running the streets, slanging my thing all over the place, like just like like uh, by myself. But like I, I would probably... Slanging a thing in your streets by yourself. Oh, well, no. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like meaning that I would, be, I would be single, but I would be like, you know, uh, hooking okay. up with like, you know, different, uh, different people or whatever. But I wouldn't be... Like in a committed relationship because uh, I never really believed in committed relationships before Jen. I just thought that it was like something cute that people said, but I just thought like overall it was just a, a ridiculous notion that you settle down with one person for the rest of your life. But with her, I got it. I was like, yes, this is the only one I want to be with. So I, but I definitely do think that it is possible to love more than, than one person and that that can be very tricky for some people. I think that with me, because I established my love for Jenna early, like really early in my, like, you know, in, in my life before I really like blossomed, that love grew to be so strong that there was nothing that could break that. But let's say that you're older and you find somebody and you love them and you think that they're great. But then a couple months later you find somebody else and you're like, damn, this person is really dope too. And it's like, and now you have this, like quandary of like do you go for the person that you already established with who you still love and you care about or do you go for this this new person that you just met who's like fulfilling certain things inside of you that that first person doesn't and it's like but then it's like you don't want to let go of the other person either because they fulfill a certain aspect too so i definitely think that it is possible to love more than one person but i think once you have a certain type of like established relationship with someone it becomes like to a point where you'll meet other people and you, you'll love them as, like, friends, but you won't have that same level of love and affection that you do for, for your girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, whatever the case is. Right. But one person can't fulfill everything anyway, right? Yeah. So, well, I, I don't so, know. Well, I, well okay. Because well, it leads one of my main issues, and, it's, and I think it's the main issue that a lot of single people have, especially in a city like New York. Yeah. The idea of settling. Yeah. Not settling down. Yeah. But settling for less than oh, yeah. what you think you're worth and what you want. Because from our eyes, when we look at a lot of couples, and most couples don't last. More than half marriages end in divorce. Yeah. All right? When you come to a city like New York, this is the capital of ambition. All right? We're all here to live our best lives, to do yep. the best we can. The whole thing, you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yep. So these are the people that we're looking for. So ideally, that's a trait we admire. Yeah. And we probably are looking for in somebody else. But it's one of those things where it makes you so successful maybe in your, in your professional life. Yeah. But it's hard, but it's hard to turn that off mm-hmm. per, in your personal life. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on settling? Because I think that's especially for someone like me who I feel like if the things in my life I don't achieve them, yeah. that's on me. Yeah. And it's really on me if I let somebody else get in the way of it. Yeah. Of so, yeah. I mean, clearly with Jen, you don't have this problem. But do yeah. you feel like? But oh, do you yeah. feel like yeah, you that that you two, it's the best you can do. Yeah, I think in, in, in like I think that settling definitely occurs because I've right. I've had friends and I've seen p- people who have definitely settled mm-hmm. like and you and you can tell like you can always tell the difference between a relationship with people who like are genuine like um, like you know they're like they're meant to be together their bond is so strong and between the difference between that type of relationship and a relationship where they just settled. Like, I think the reason with, why me and Jen don't have a relationship where we settled is because we had, we had a foundation already. It was like we, we chose each other. We, we didn't kind of, like, just get with each other because, oh, well, you're here and I'm here, so why not? It was a thing where we had a, a, a 
foundation, a base of five years of a, a strong friendship where we confided in each other and we told things that we didn't tell anybody else. And like, so when that, that foundation that we had built up underneath made it so that our bond was so strong that there was no way that we could settle because we felt genuinely, because even during that five year span, when we were just friends, we, of course, we were dating other people. We, we dated tons of other people. And, but we realized that none of those other people had the type of bond that me and her had. Like, our bond was too strong, and it was a thing where we, it, it couldn't be a, a, a thing where we settled because we really, like, genuinely cared about each other on a different level. But then, speaking of that, I will say that there are people who, like, settle because they, uh, they don't think that they can do better, or they don't think that they deserve better. Or they they get worried like well if this if I you know I've been with this person for this amount of time I can't break up with them now because then I have to start from square one mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of that that goes on and like my advice to like you know because friends will like I've talked to like I've had friends because for some reason like because of me and Jen's relationship I have a lot of people that come and confide in me about relationships that want to talk to me and, they, and and Jen has a lot of friends that come to talk to her about relationships because they see our relationship and they kind of want to see like how we like evaluate where they currently are and I've had people that have come up to me and, they, and they'll say straight up I don't think this guy or this girl like is the one for me but I'm scared that if I let them go I'm just going to wind up being single forever and I would rather be with this person who might not fulfill everything like you know that's going to make me whole I'd rather be with them for some level of companionship rather than be alone and I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you do that because you're not really living your life to the fullest. It's better for you to be single and still have that option out there of potentially meeting someone that fulfills all that rather than be with someone and now you're you're constricting yourself. Now you're not giving yourself an opportunity to find a person that could make you feel whole because you're sticking with this person that doesn't make you feel whole. And you're, you're not just wasting your time, you're wasting their time too, honestly. Because it's like, if you know that this person isn't fulfilling you, why are you staying and keeping Keeping them hostage and keeping yourself hostage when both of you could split and possibly find somebody that makes you both feel complete. So I feel like settling definitely occurs because I feel like people's main thing is fear of being alone. There's a lot of people out there that get with people just out of the fear of being alone. They don't want to be alone. Like maybe they've seen friends, they've seen relatives that have gotten older and been alone. And they go, I don't want to be that. So I'm going to, to find this, this next guy, he's, he's not exactly what I want, but he's good enough. And, like, good enough isn't good enough. Like, good right. enough is just going to lead to a life of resentment. And as you get older and older and older, and especially as you get older and you're with this person, you committed yourself to this person. Now you've met somebody as a friend who, like, is checking off all the things. And now you're, like, resentful of the person you're with because you're like, this person's keeping me from being with this person I really want. And I think that's when cheating occurs. That's when distrust occurs. That's when the And that's why the divorce rate is so high because there's so many people that just settle because out of fear of being alone and it's like my advice to people be like there's too many people in this world don't settle like if you don't feel that connection like I was lucky enough where I early in life found the, the woman that made me feel that connection but if you don't feel it move on and it's like it's something like uh my mom would always tell me this all the time like she was when she was back home and she lived in jamaica and there was this guy that she met and this guy was like loaded he had he had it all he had the looks he had the money he had the education he had like he checked everything off everything on my mom's checklist he checked off and but she said the connection wasn't there she felt nothing when she was with him the conversation was dry he didn't have she didn't have fun with him it was pretty much like she knew if she married him and the guy proposed to her three times and three 
three times she said no. And she said she knew if she married him that she would only be marrying him because of, uh, like, you know, out, out of, you know, for, for the money or whatever. And she didn't want to marry for money. She didn't want to marry for status. She wanted to marry for love. Fast forward a couple of years later, she comes to America because she wants to, like, you know, pursue the American dream. Came over from Jamaica. She, she meets my dad, like, within a month of her being here. And she said, instantly, instantly she felt that connection. As soon as she met my dad, she was like, this, this is him. And within, like, within that year, they were married. Mm. And like, and they were still married up until my dad died, like uh, twelve years later. And I, I still, and I fully believe that if my dad was still alive to this day, my mom and dad would still be together. Because that's how strong my mom talks about my dad to this day. And it's been like over twenty-five years since my dad passed away, and my mom still talks about my dad with like a twinkle in her eye, and she just gets this big smile on her face every time anyone ever even mentions him. And like, because that love was so strong. And that, that's what I mean. She could have easily settled for that guy back in Jamaica. And she could have gotten the fairy tale life that a lot of people aspired for. To have the money and to have the status and to have that. But she didn't want that. She wanted the connection. And because of that, even though she might not have the things that might make other people happy, she said she met my dad and he ultimately is the one that made her happy. To the point that even years later, she still uh, talks about him and thinks about him lovingly. No, I mean... No, I I completely agree with that. But also, your mom, like you said, she always knew her worth. Yeah, you know, and she could always she always knew she could do better, and she was just refused to settle. Yeah. But on the flip side, like you know, there are some people who they just can't function mm-hmm. unless they're with somebody. They're just not built to be single, right? Yeah. For whatever the reason is, it could be because they grew up in a small town mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Because I've I've dated quite my fair share of women where the connection might be there, or or they want to progress way faster than it makes sense to. Yeah. And and most of the girls I date, they want them getting married, <laughs> like to the very next dude. Like I have so many Facebook friends now, and I'm like, who is that? Yeah. But they recently got married. They changed their last name. That's why I don't know. Yeah. And um and these dudes are nothing like me. Yeah. But at the same time, I look at them and I look at these girls. I'm like, oh, they're happy. Yeah. Because these dudes were willing to do a lot of things very soon that I was probably not going to get to or is going to take me a while. But they just need to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's not a judgment. Some yeah. people are wired that way. Yeah. And, um, and to a lot of them, because like I said, as long as the respect and honesty is there, I'm not going to say the connection is always there, but the relationship will always be there. You'll, you'll be on speaking terms and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, they'll come back and they'll try to explain what their point of view was and da-da-da-da. But, but what I always try to tell them is that my needs are a little different. It's, yeah, I have a checklist, but at the same time, there was nothing or there wasn't enough about our relationship or whatever we were doing that made me feel like you're into me for me mm-hmm. not and not just because that we're on the road to what you want for your life which is you needed to to feel complete yeah like insert any other dude and my feelings are more are more uh, reinforced when you see the dudes that they choose because they are nothing like me, <laughs> nothing like me at all. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying any dude will do, yeah. but it's more like it's not that it can't be about how unique and special the connection is. It's got to be, it's got to be timing and checklist, which yeah. is fine, which yeah. is what people have the right to do. But also, what I've been thinking about is, and this is the last question I have for you. So, are you familiar with the five love languages? Um, I, I, I was going to say, say, well, I, it is no, but you did put me onto this, like maybe five minutes before we started this podcast. Mm. So now I feel like I'm an expert. 
Right, because a lot of women bring this up to me. Yeah. And for those who don't know, The Five Love Languages originally is a book from 1995 by a dude named Gary Chapman, right? Mm-hmm. And according to him, he says there are five ways to express and experience love, to give and receive love. So all of us fall under one of these categories. So one of this is our primary love language. Mm-hmm. So there's an ascending order of importance to five, to all five, but we all have a primary top dog. Yeah. All right? So it's... Words of affirmation, mm-hmm. acts of service, mm-hmm. receiving gifts, mm-hmm. quality time, mm-hmm. and physical touch. Yeah. Now, I always thought that words of affirmation was my thing, mm-hmm. since I'm a logical, very literal dude. I yeah. do what I say, say what I mean. And if you can't do that, it's hard for me to trust you. Yeah. But at the same time, I've been through the ringer so many times. I don't trust people anyway, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, even if you tell me and, and, you, and you're being genuine that you're into me and you want this, it's still going to take a lot more than that for me to believe you. So, some, so I've, I've been forced to recently take a, a quiz on this. Mm-hmm. And you can tell me what, you're, what you think yours is. But okay. apparently, according to the quiz, and I believe it, my main love language is quality time. Mm. Yeah. I require one-on-one, you and me, me and you... Just being free, no distractions, chilling in the crib, whatever, and just talking. Like, I'll get further with you Netflix and chilling than, than, uh, than Maldives and snorkeling. <laughs> yeah. Which is not as catchy. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, I'm terrible at giving gifts. Yeah. And I'm worse at receiving gifts. <laughs> terrible. The, the biggest gift I give you, like, you know I'm into you if, if, if I share music with you. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's the equivalent of making a mixtape, but we, no one makes mixtapes anymore. Like, if I, if I send you an MP3 on WhatsApp, <laughs> like every other West Indian dude, <laughs> then you know I'm thinking of you, girl. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, so what do you think your, first of all, do you believe this? And mm-hmm. two, what do you think your primary love language is and why you think you and Jen work yeah, so um, I, I do actually believe in that. I mean, like I said, I, I just learned this like right before we started, and you showed it to me, and it made a lot of sense to me, the, the five love languages, because uh, constantly when I talk to people uh, like you know that are looking for a relationship, looking for love, they mention one of these five things, and that's obviously their primary. That's like what they're looking for, whether it be that uh, they want someone that's physical. Like they're, I mean, I, mean, I think we all know that. Like I had one friend that said straight up, if the sex is whack, that's it. It's over. <laughs> like, and she she put no bones about it. She said she knew a dude. They the connection was there. The the conversation was dope. The they they made each other laugh. She said they had sex. It was whack. She immediately broke up with him because she said I can't be with a guy that does not like uh like you know because she said sex is way too important to yeah. her like you know for that. And then, like, you know, I know other people where the, the devotion is up, where the quality time, like, you know, all the things I listen. So if I if I had to, like, say which one I think I am, I think the one that's, like, uh, going towards devotion. What's the, what's the name of that one? Like, the one that's, like, uh, more towards devotion? Acts of service. Acts of service. I think that's uh, that's me. If I, had, if I had to guess what I am, it's because, like, I just believe in um, – I'm very – like, um, something that, like, always stuck with me, like, I, like, I grew up in, uh, like, you know, Catholic school system or whatever, my mom was, like, very into that, and she sent me, and there was something that, and I, like, even though I didn't learn a lot from it, the one thing that always stuck with me was something that I learned when I was in grammar school, and it was some story, um, because they always used to, like, tell us, like, these proverbs or whatever, but there was one about this guy, and, like, you know, he had just, like, won some, like, big race, and it was, like, uh, everyone was, like, proclaiming how great he was, and how, like, you know, whatever, and they were, like, you know, how's it feel to be number one, and he said, 
said, but I'm not number one, I'm number three. And people were like, what the hell does that mean? You just won the race. And he said, I'm number three because I couldn't have gotten here without my, my family, number one, my friends, number two, and then me. And like that always stuck with me because I felt like, you know, that's kind of the way you should live life. Like your, your friends, your family, all those people should come first. And I like, I feel like I'm the type of person. So when it comes to that devotion, those acts of service, that's always what I try to do. I try to put my, my, uh, my friends, my family, uh, like their needs ahead of my own. And I felt like with, with Jen, she does some, she's very similar in that regard. She'll like put her own needs last. Like if it means like, you know, helping me out, helping her mom out, helping like her friends out. And that's something that like always like, like kind of stuck with me, I think, while we gravitate towards each other. Um, so that's what I would think I, I am. But I feel like if I took the test, it would probably be uh, along the lines of like what you got in terms of quality time. Because the thing is that like I, I'm I'm kind of a loner. Like I like to be by myself. I love like spending time with Jen and stuff like that. But I feel like overall I like to be my myself. But that's what I tell myself because every time I have alone time, then I'm looking forward to being with Jen. And it's like, and especially since we've had the, the baby, I thought that, oh, when we have a baby, it'll be great because Jen's been wanting to have the, the baby forever. She's going to spend all this time with the baby. I'm going to go play my video games or whatever, and we'll still spend our time, whatever. But I noticed that even when she gives me time and she says, hey, babe, go do what you want to do. Go play your video games. Go play ball. Go do whatever. I'm like, no, I'm good here. Like, cause <laughs> I just, I just want to be around them. And it's like, and even though I, I like to fancy myself as like a loner, I think that that's more like how I was when I was younger, where my friends would be like, hey, Julian, want to go to this new like popping club or whatever? And I was like, no, I want to play like Grand Theft Auto 3 for the 80 millionth time or like, you know, whatever. I just wanted to like stay indoors. I was a homebody. I didn't like going out like that. And I think that I thought that that loner mentality stayed with me up until I was in a relationship. But I notice now, especially now that we have a baby, that I still want to be around them. I don't like, and I have plenty of reasons to, to not be. Like, I have friends that invite me to go out places. I have like a million different things, like every gaming console you could think of, like a million like streaming services to watch movies because I'm a movie buff and I like all types of movies. And I still will, rather than watch like these millions of like classic movies that I want to watch, I'll sit down with Jen while she watches uh, Love uh, After Lockup or some other like ridiculous reality show just because I want to be around her. Because she makes me laugh and I enjoy the time that we have together and and Jen if you're listening to this this does not mean that I want to be around you all the time so don't throw <laughs> this in my face so when I do want to go play my video games don't be like well on the podcast you said no I'm still going to want my time but I still love the time that I have with her and I think that so that would probably be my uh, love language is, is the quality time even though I like to even though if I'm lying to myself I'll tell myself it's devotion most likely it's quality time yeah I mean that's what I'm saying like I I understand the importance of doing things together and like going on adventures. I understand all that, but like, I I need to know: Can you watch WrestleMania with me? Like, I need to know: Like, can we listen to music all day long? Yeah. Can I can I fat kid around you all day long? Yeah. Can I actually be in the same bed with you and be comfortable enough and actually sleep? Yes. Yeah. These things. Does my family like you? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of important. If they don't, I'm not saying it's a deal breaker, <laughs> but if they don't, something's up. Yeah, it's like, right. why don't you like her? Like, they're, like, they see something that you might not see yet. Right, you know what I mean? And 
And then again, can I trust you? I remember there was a girl, this is back when I used to have crushes. All right, I'll, I'll try to try like wrap it up with this story. So when I was like Urkel and I was just, and I was just, you know, there were just too many Lauras, man. Like, you know what I mean? You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I'm a Winslow. You know what I mean? So I was trying to be a Winslow. You know what I'm saying? It was just in the name. Yeah. So um, I remember there was this girl, she was a year ahead of me on the basketball team, right? Mm -hmm. And she was physically, I thought she was my dream girl. So yeah. she was... She was like if Tony Braxton played ball, like thick, right? Nice. Thick in like very all in all the ideal ways. Yeah. Right? And like every other Urkel, when the rare times you get to talk to her, yeah, you're short of breath, you got butterflies and all that. Yeah. But her but her favorite topic is her. Yeah. Right? Which is cool if you're really into her. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's talk about how great you are. Yes. So um so she was second year, I was first year, and she hooked up with even dudes on my team. And not me, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I started... My third year, she was a senior. She was graduating. And by that time, she wasn't single. She was dating a dude who had graduated from the same school the year before I got there. Yeah. So he was a senior when she was a freshman. And it was the last semester. And then she started telling other uh, other girls who I was cool with. So I was like, yo, you won't believe what she said. I'm like, what? And then she said, well, she said that if she could do school over again, she would have dated you. Because, you know, it would have opened up all these possibilities. She thinks this, this, and that of you. And I'm like, where was this three years ago? <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as I heard that, I became, I became a virgin fat kid again. Right? Yeah. So it was almost like the, the, the three years didn't happen. Yeah. So then all of a sudden I started hanging out with her. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then graduation happens. And she didn't even live in the same state as me. Yeah. And, and she just kept talking to me on the phone for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And then like... Click over when her when her man would call, spend like five ten minutes with him, and then hang up with him, say goodnight, and then click back to me, and then we talk like to the morning. Yeah. For you know for like months. Yeah. For, all right. So then so then it all came to a head. So she decided to drive from her state to New York to spend the day with me because she couldn't get away with spending the night because mm -hmm. she lived at home and she had to do. So I'm like, wow, like my whole life has been building to this. <laughs> to this moment. Yeah. And on top of it, when I was getting cold feet about it, one of my cousins was staying with me in the summer. And he's one of the original players from the Himalayas. <laughs> like, like cyber pimp, like pulling girls off AOL chat rooms. <laughs> like he pulls girls off sites that have nothing to do with dating. And it's not even surprising. And he's like, yeah, man, yo, yeah. Like, I, I pulled up to her job, you know what I mean, in the car. And then, yeah, yo, we had a date in the whip. And then I drove her back. To, and I'm like, where do you find these girls? Like, come on, son, you know me and then as a joke i was like what like linkedin he's like exactly that's not a dating site how did you do that so so i'm telling him the story up to this point i'm like yo man i can't do it man because something just ain't right you know i can't be nobody's number two yeah especially after all this and then he man slapped me and he's like and he's and he's smaller than me no he's like nah man you got it all wrong if anything she's making you number one right now my dude i'm like how do you figure that he's like look man she could not talk to you at all you mm -hmm. know what I mean? For all for all this dude knows, he's doing everything right. Yeah, she still spends most of the time with you, dog. So yeah. if anything, you the number one dude. You mm -hmm. just got to make the move. Yeah. I was like, wow, you right. <laughs> so 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 she came by, and then it was all leading up to the big crescendo mm -hmm. where I where we go, where we have the whole place to ourselves, and and I already have Lilo and Stitch queued up because that's what she wanted to do right yeah and then you know you know we're both crying like you know and there were and there were and there were, and there were moves there were moments throughout the 90 minutes when she wanted me to turn and make a move yeah. and i just wouldn't do it yeah and then she left and then never saw her again until she started coming back to my games with her dude 
Um, but then they're like, yo, why didn't you do anything? And I'm like, yo, it was the mood was set. And I'm like, because you know why? Because let's just say I made the move and it worked out. And it was everything that I dreamed of. And then we were together and da 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 I could never trust her. Ah. Gotcha. Because she was with a dude who they're now married with kids. Yeah. She was with a dude that, for all he knew, he was doing everything right. Yeah. You know what I mean? He had all the love languages down, was catering to all her needs, all that. Yeah. And yet she was still, she was still curious. Yeah. And he knows. He knew because the next time I saw him, I, I was talking to other dudes that he knew. Yeah. And then he went down the line giving everybody else dap. And then when it came to me, he just gave me the head nod. And I'm like, I didn't even hook up with her. You're cool with this dude <laughs> who's actually physically been with her. But yet you had beef with me. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, he knows that you were the threat. Right. You were the threat. The right. guy wasn't. Right. I understand that. So, yeah, I think I did the right thing. And most dudes are like, yo, you, you a punk, man. You know, dude's <laughs> got to be a dude. And I hear that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if I can't trust you. I mean, ultimately, I think that it, it, it worked out, like, that situation. And the fact that they got married kind of confirmed, like, you know, your suspicion mm -hmm. that you were going to be boyfriend number two. Shout out to Pleasure Pete. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's like, uh, I think that kind of confirmed it, that she probably might not have been looking for, like, you know, a, a replacement, but was just looking for a fling. Like, she probably realized, I'm going to be with this dude, like, you know, the, the guy that she was with, but I'm really curious about GK, because me and him never hooked up and there and there are girls that that, that do this um, because they when they feel like they're about to enter a situation where they're going to be in a long-term relationship or they think that the guy that they what you know are interested in is about to be in a long-term relationship that's when they make their move and they've been there the whole time and I and I say this like a lot like when I was younger there were girls that like I had like same thing as you had the huge crush on and I was and I was short and I was fat and then I went through my growth spurt, and I go, oh, I got my growth spurt now. Like, now they're going to be all over me. And some of them were, but there were other girls that weren't, and it drove me insane. Because I was just like, I think, I, I think that they like me, but they're, like, you know, not showing any kind of interest. So I just, like, had to give up and move on and realize, okay, they just don't like me, whatever. But the second I would get into a relationship, especially when I got with Jen, and people realized, oh, Julian's, like, serious, serious about a girl. Because before Jen, I wasn't ever really serious about a girl. I'd have girlfriends, and we would kind of date for a while, but it would only last a couple of months, and then I would move on. Like, I never, like, Jen was the first one that I was, like, that I would tell people that I did not know I have a girlfriend. Like, before then, it was, like, oh, it, I always, like, made myself available. Like, if I saw a pretty girl, and a pretty girl approached me and was, like, well, you got a girl? And I'd be, like, just talking to a couple of people. Why? What's good? But with Jen, if they approached me and they were, like, you got a girl? i go, yeah. So that's when they started to realize that I'm really, like, into this girl and I'm really whatever. And from that, out of the woodwork, all these girls that I thought had no interest in me before, now all of a sudden were like, well, what's up with me and you, though? Why didn't you ever give me a chance? Why didn't we ever go on a date? Why didn't we? And I'm just like, where are you coming from? Like, I obsessed about you for years. I, like, literally professed my love to you, how I thought you were beautiful and how I'd like to take you on a date. And you said, nah, and you just, like, rejected me to my face. But now that I'm with this other girl that I, like, care about and I'm forging a, a good relationship with, now all of a sudden you want to tell me how, how you've liked me all along and all this out of nowhere. So I think with, in that situation you're talking about, the girl probably just felt like, oh, I'm with this dude. 
Um, but I really am curious about GK because, like, you know, whatever. Because sometimes people try to play it cool, and then they, they play themselves. They play it too cool. They try to mm-hmm. act like, oh, I'm not interested in you when they really are. And I think in her case, she was interested the whole time, but she, like, you know, wanted to play it cool. And now she realized the clock's ticking. I'm with this dude, and it's, going to, it's getting serious. So I really want to see what's going on with GK. So the thing is that if you had made the move that day, it would have probably just led to, like, further heartache because it would have been you would be thinking oh like you know i'm 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 that dude now she made out with me like she wants to be with me but she could have been the whole time like oh that was great i got to hook up with gk how fun that was now let me go back to my man because now i got to fill the fantasy that i had in my head yeah except we didn't do it when i mean that first year and when i asked her, okay where was this three years ago she said you didn't you didn't do anything to to, to put yourself on my radar mm. i'm like valid point yeah. Then she saw me from afar, and then, you know, brother manned up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she was like, oh, yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it, but I don't know. I just value, there has to be something. I mean, look, I live a life where I make my living auditioning and competing against X amount of supposed <laughs> versions of me. Yeah. So I need, I require feeling like, or you knowing that I'm not no average dude. Yeah. That I'm not no dime a dozen cookie cutter dude. I'm not a type. Yeah. I mean, there's literally only one me. Yeah. Right? So if I don't feel that, mm-hmm. then I can't go further with you. Does that make me no. something? No. That, that I mean, that makes perfect. I think at the end of the day, that's what everyone wants, right? Right. No one wants to feel replaceable. We don't want to feel like we're just like on a, you know, uh, a line of like, okay, I'll, I'll be with you and then I'll be with you and then I'll be. You want to feel like, you want to be with someone that makes you feel special. And I think that's why the relationship that I have works because we made each other feel special when we had dealt with the sea of people that didn't make us feel special. Because we were we were made to feel like not special or subpar from other people who would critique us and act like, oh, you know, you're pretty great, but you'd be even better if. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but I, I, I kind of like how I am as a person. Like, why, why is just me as me not good enough? And I think that's what ultimately in relationships people want that validation you don't necessarily want to be with someone who like thinks you're perfect because that would just be weird mm-hmm. but you want to be with somebody that you're perfect for them so even though you might not be perfect you know that the person loves you flaws and all not to quote beyonce shout out to beyonce for the homecoming uh, on netflix mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i i just think that it ultimately at the end of the day that's what everyone wants we want validation from the person that we're with that we're enough that you're not looking for somebody else because you, you're already fulfilled in what you have with me. Yeah, yeah. I guess some people have found it. I guess maybe that's the difference. Maybe all those people who are still out in them streets trying to find somebody and feel like, man, what am I doing wrong? What's with my dating strategy? Like, am I bringing enough BDE? Am I bringing too much? Because that's a thing. Google if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a thing, and women and men, they will tell you. It counts. Yeah. It counts. If you ain't got that, you... You need to have that at some point in some form in your life in order for you to attract what you want to attract. Yeah. But maybe it's just as simple as you just got to find the right person. Yeah. Maybe it just really is about the fit. Maybe it's not, maybe it's no hitch principles. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's just, it's that, maybe it's just that simple. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this helps y'all narrow it down and helps you vent a little bit. Hopefully we walk through coals <laughs> a little bit so, so you don't have to. Yeah. You know, and let's also shout out to the, <laughs> forgot her name but yeah there was a girl I had a crush on back in the day and 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 I played the whole game of of yo ask her what she thinks about me yeah you know yeah and then the feedback I got was yeah he'd be cute if he had some chapstick <laughs>
And then I got the chapstick, but that did not make any difference in what she thought of me afterwards. So, I don't chapstick know. Chapstick came too late. Yeah, but At man. least you were chapped up for the rest of us. Yep, yep. yep. So, yeah, man, so this is part two. There's going to be part three, you know yeah. what I mean? Because we're going to have other... We're not, I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give it away what we're going to do. Yeah. But, man, but we got the expert. We got the love expert right here, man. So, hey, yeah. whatever questions you got, whatever feedback you got, because there's no way I'm the bad guy still, all right? <laughs> Come on. I'm like, I've, I've, I think you've vindicated yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I listen to the people. You know exactly. what I mean? So, yeah, you know. Hit us, hit us up with your questions. Dr. Drew ain't got nothing on us. If you know who Dr. Drew is, then you're around our, our uh, age group. Well, shout out to Loveline. Damn, that makes me Adam Carolla? <laughs> well, Adam Carolla, was, he, he was the best part of Loveline, if we're being honest. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All right, so tell them where they can find us again. Uh, so find uh, us, uh, the podcast. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, you can find us on uh, Anchor. You can find us on pretty much all the the, the podcast uh, streaming platforms. But I'll, I'll put a couple of links uh, in for you. Uh, GK, hit him with your Instagram. Yep, that's uh, GK Williams NYC, and hit him with yours again. Uh, Jules XMW. And thank you for listening. Bottom line of the day, it's it, it's all love, right? We're all trying to live our best lives. We're all gathered here to do this little thing called life. Yes. We're trying to do it together. We're trying to do it as best we can. You know what I mean? So if they're, if we're in any way helpful or entertaining or whatever it is, whatever, good vibes only. Anything you want to tell us, just uh, let us know and keep listening and hopefully we'll hear from you again next time. So Julian, hit them with the outro, please. For GK, this is Julian. Jamaican Alpha, out. out. And it's Joel.